Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show, where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in a guest room in Southern California using the power of the internet. Yes, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration. And it's our Thanksgiving episode. I am so excited that we are making our way through the holiday season with this podcast. It just feels so festive, doesn't it? It really does. And since American Thanksgiving is almost here... We figured now would be an excellent time to virtually visit Plymouth. Massachusetts, where it all began. Must have Thanksgiving food. There is so much food to go through, but we can talk about food later, John. Oh, uh, yes, you are. You're right. Uh, so before we get into food, Jackie, what's keeping you cozy this week? Stuffing. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted to talk about food later. Uh, you were like, let's talk, talk about food now. Well, yeah, I know, but I meant the <laughs> other food. I can't help it that stuffing is what's keeping me cozy this week. I, I chose that before I knew about all the food talk and yeah, that you were going to be all you, excited. You, you chose it, yes, yes. Yes, so, well, stuffing has been <laughs> one of my favorite foods for as long as I can remember. So I'm obviously jazzed that Thanksgiving is coming up. That being said, my mom used to make big batches of stuffing and freeze it in little Ziploc bags so that I could take a bag out of the freezer and microwave it whenever I wanted. So little Jackie had Thanksgiving all the time, and it was great. Maybe I should start that up again. I should just make a big batch and throw it in the the freezer. What do you think? Mm, It could be good. Uh, Now, now, do you prefer... Uh, stuffing cooked in the bird, or do you prefer it in a pan? So I actually prefer it in the pan. I I get in the bird, but I like in the pan for a few reasons. One, it gets a little crunchy. There's some crunchy pieces, which is really great and really delicious. And then also, too, stuffing does not have to be correlated with meat. Stuffing is delicious without any sort of meat. So for somebody who maybe doesn't eat meat, I think the pan is great because you can make like a vegetarian stuffing for somebody who maybe doesn't want the the turkey part of it. Oh. And have you ever felt stuffed from stuffing? Of course I have. (laughs) Do you really think that I would take out one Ziploc bag of stuffing and put it in the microwave? (laughs) Oh, I see. So they were were compartmentalized, but you just, you went overboard every single time. Pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, they were... (laughs) made into like little sections. I was like, here you go. This is like a reasonable amount of stuffing. But who's ever eaten a reasonable amount of stuffing? I, I hear you. Yeah. So um, of course I've been stuffed from stuffing. I I mean, that's kind of just, you know, a given, but I guess I guess you needed to ask. <laughs> yes. Yes I do. So John, what is keeping you cozy this week? Um uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. See, I <laughs> We can't get away from food this episode because it is Thanksgiving. So, mashed potatoes uh, are this perfect, perfect food that can go well with any savory dish possible. Uh, And I don't know of anything that's as ubiquitous as, as mashed potatoes in terms of a stabilizing force. 
And then gravy is, is as the expression says, that's just gravy. It's just the stuff that goes, yeah. The it's stabilizing that, force. I'm still stuck on that. Yes, it is. It is. It is the stabilizing <laughs> force. Like if we, if we passed out mashed potatoes to the UN, I think we would have world peace in at least six months. Um, but oh yeah, gosh. the, yeah. And then the gravy on top is just like, it is the thing that makes the dish. It's is where most of the flavor comes from. Um, but it's it's you know it, it's just uh, it's just on top. It's just that extra that makes it an equal partner. It's it's the it's the extra in the background that's actually so great in the movie that the, he steals the whole scene. Mm, yeah. I see. Now, do you prefer mashed potatoes plain or like something like garlic mashed potatoes? Ooh, uh, yeah, the mashed potatoes plain when mixing it with other stuff. But if I'm only eating mashed potatoes by themselves, definitely mashed potatoes with garlic. All right. I think the garlic does add something to it. And do you prefer, you know, some people put potato skins into their mashed potatoes. Do you like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can really go either way. I guess it depends on whether I want them uh, more on the creamy side than no skins. Mm. But if I, if I wanted something that's a bit more, hmm, how would I put that? Uh, with a with a bit more character to it, then yeah, I would. I would uh, it's like rustic. Yeah. It was kind of what I was thinking in my head is I I enjoy both too. So it's like sometimes you want that a little more um, elegant kind of like nothing in it it's just like pure pure potato and then sometimes the um yeah the little bit of um rusticness <laughs> so now <laughs> that we're not talking about food uh shall we explore plymouth massachusetts yeah sure i'm sure we'll run into some more dishes along the way let's go okay so i need to start out by talking about plymouth rock the rock so that's where you want to Land first. Ah, boo to your bad <laughs> jokes, John. I apologize. I regretted it immediately. John, that was the worst joke I've ever heard. Charles is shaking his head. Ugh, awful. He's not thankful? John, please. <laughs> Without Charles, we don't have a show. I know, I know. Okay, okay. And if he leaves, so, yeah, yeah, we're done. What? <laughs> don't leave Charles. Uh, what about Plymouth Rock did you want to talk about? That no one knows if the rock they are calling Plymouth Rock is actually Plymouth Rock. It's just a guess. I mean, it, it's a pretty educated guess. It would, it would seem the most likely place to land. But you can't be certain of that. Well, no, because pilgrims got there in 1620 and not a lot of ways to be specific about a rock in those days. True, but actually the rock didn't have any public notoriety until 1741. You see, they were going to build a wharf on top of Plymouth Rock. Oh, no. And a 94-year-old record keeper named Thomas Founce, F-A-U-N-C-E, Adventure Jar, <laughs> told everyone that is where the pilgrims landed, and it became a national treasure ever since, even though William Bradford and Edith Wilson, who were the only two written first-hand accounts of the settlers, never mentioned a rock, the rock, Plymouth Rock. Oh, nice that the 94-year-old guy was able to do that. Yeah, but the rock they say is Plymouth Rock is not the whole rock, even if it's the real rock. I don't know what that means. John, it broke apart. <laughs> oh, oh. They broke Plymouth it. Rock broke apart. 
Well, what else would I be talking Sorry, about? I've been just, talking about the rock took, the whole time. It took me a bit to understand what you meant. So, so uh, you may want to explain. Okay, so oh, okay. at some point, they wanted to move the rock to dry land in 1921. And while they were moving it, the rock broke, which is why it has a big crack in it. And apparently, the original Plymouth Rock was three times the size of the rock that we currently know as Plymouth Rock. It's I'm, just, there's... This you know, rock. <laughs> I actually wondered why it was so small. I, I saw the pictures, and even though uh, people are kept at a pretty good distance away, uh, it's it's still pretty small, um, with the numbers 1620 written on it. Can you imagine if you were the person who broke Plymouth Rock? Yes, because that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> and, and I would have to go hide somewhere. Charles could help you with that. He's very good at being a man of mystery. So they were trying to protect the rock by putting it in the middle of Plymouth Portico, which, it, you know, of course, as they were moving it, they broke it. Oh, the uh, the portico, the Plymouth Portico, um, is an overhang. Um, it's a it's a white building that's very reminiscent of the uh, columns of the White House. That's because it's a neoclassical revival. It's kind of like a little petite Parthenon. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Well. You've seen it, (laughs) and it's fancy. It's also inside the smallest state park in Massachusetts, which is Pilgrim Memorial State Park. Um, But it looks like it gets an enormous amount of tourists every year, so small but mighty. It is the most visited state park in Massachusetts, and the portico was built in 1921 by the same architects that built the original Penn Station in New York. Oh, yeah. Do you remember their names? Oh, no. (laughs) McKim, Mead, and White. McKim, Mead, and White, of course. I need to remember them for the future. You should, because we will more than likely come back to their work in future explorations. Noted. Uh, And with that, welcome to Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, It is uh, 85,745.6 acres, which is about 171.5 Disneyland's. I've been to Massachusetts quite a few times, but never to Plymouth. What do you remember? The food. (laughs) Oh, the lobster bisque and the seafood of any type and all the New England goodness. I also went to a wonderful wedding there. Shout out to Bree and Ben. Uh, Did you ever try the uh, 17th century cheesecake? No. Where is this? What is this? I I demand you tell me right now. Uh, I will will get there. Don't worry. Um, (sighs) uh, Plymouth is about 40 miles south of Boston, uh, known as America's hometown. Uh, Shall we talk about Plymouth Plantation or uh, the Mayflower 2? Well, if you're burying the lead on the cheesecake, Cheesecake. I would actually like to talk about the Wampanoag people. Oh, okay. Um, They are the indigenous people of uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts area. And according to anthropologists, the Wampanoag uh, people were in the area for 10,000 years before the settlers arrived. There was this village called, um, uh, it's P-A-T-U-X-E-T. I think that's Patuxet. But Patuxet, yeah, I'll do an adventure jar. I apologize yeah. if I did, got that wrong. So there was a village called Patuxet, and they lost 90% of their population. Yeah. Um, yeah, four years uh, before the pilgrims arrived, Patuxet experienced devastating plagues caused by the Europeans. Yeah, 
Yeah, so by the time the English pilgrims got there, the village was basically empty. Uh, this was the reason that the pilgrims were able to survive, because all the land had been cleared and there were some basic structures that they could use for shelter. Um, this is why they did not die. Well, that and also Tisquantum. Uh, yes, um, uh, for those of you listening, um, might know him better as Squanto. Tisquantum had a harrowing life. He was kidnapped. Yes, yes, uh, twice. And he was sold into slavery in Spain and then escaped to live with monks. And then he was returned to his village only to find out that his village was destroyed by the plague. So he went to live in a nearby village. And when the pilgrims arrived, uh, Squanto acted as an interpreter and a guide. He even found a little lost boy for the pilgrims. Isn't that so nice that he did that? Uh he did, but um, he also lied to his people, claiming that he had much more control over the English than he actually did. Uh, in fact, uh, he told the Wapanog that if they did not do what he said, he would have the English release the plagues from pits they had in their village. Okay. Yeah. Well, he ended up dying from a fever himself in 1622. Nobody's uh, perfect. Yeah. Huh? It is striking that you could leave England in 1620, go to a completely different continent, and there would be someone who would know how to speak English. You know, that's how I feel when I travel to a different country, basically always. Almost everyone speaks English, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of travel... Uh, I would like to talk about, well, because I would like to travel to Plymouth Plantation. You know, me too. Let's take a quick break and talk about that when we get back. See you soon. Two foods, both alike in deliciousness. On the Thanksgiving table where we lay our scene. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Wherefore art thou mashed potatoes? See how she lies in that ladle? Oh, that I were a dolly on that ladle, that I might touch that gravy. My bounty is as boundless as the sea. My love is deep, the more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. Mmm, infinite gravy. For never was a story of more woe than this of gravy and her mashed potato. Coming Thanksgiving Day to a dinner table near you. Okay, so there are a lot of great historical sites in Plymouth, but I was personally really drawn to Plymouth Plantation. It is a living history museum, and they basically take you through the lives of the English settlers and the native Wampanoag people during the 17th century. Uh, Yeah, there are actors that portray different people who you would have met during that time, and you can interact with them and ask ask them questions. It's really neat. Like, you could get to see people uh, cooking or growing crops or, like, uh, making things. Yeah, like the gardening and stuff. It's it's really nice. uh, Every every kitchen is actually a working kitchen where someone is making something. Uh, Every every field is actually, like, they are farming the fields in real time. Um, They'll teach you how to make boats. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's a real, like... uh, opportunity to experience 
at least a facsimile of what life would have been like back then. Yes, there is a great YouTube video by Scholastic that takes you on a virtual field trip to Plymouth Plantation. I'll include a link in the show notes. You get to meet some of the characters that you would meet if you were going to the museum yourself, and it's really informative, and you get to see how skillful the performers are as well. They're really amazing. Um, they, yeah, every they really are very good at immersing themselves into the 17th century, um, you know, culture, I guess I would say. I I really enjoyed that video as well. Um, Something I found really interesting is that uh, Plymouth Plantation spells Plymouth with an I instead of a Y, uh, because that would have been the more common spelling during the 17th century America. Yeah, they didn't have the same spelling rules as today. Or access to dictionaries. Yep, so people were more (laughs) likely to spell things how they heard them. Something we did learn in the video as well is that there was a fall harvest feast shared between the Wampanoag tribe and the settlers in 1621. Um, Yeah, there's a lot that we don't know about uh, the feast that would eventually be celebrated as a a Thanksgiving. Um, But we do know that it lasted for three days and there were about 50 settlers and 90 Wampanoag people present. Uh, I think it's important to note that the, um, the, the Wampanoag people, uh, they were massacred uh, by the settlers 16 years after the feast. Um, This is one of the many pieces of history that gets brushed under the rug uh, a bit too often. Yeah. There are, are quite a few things about the Fall Harvest Feast that Thanksgiving is now attributed to that were left out of the story when I was learning about it when I was a kid. Like, even though many depictions of the feast are very pilgrim-centric and they make it appear as though the Native Americans did very little, little excuse me, to contribute, um, the... Um, there were actually almost double the Wampanoag people to settlers, and the Native Americans also contributed a majority of the food to the celebration. The reason, or I don't know if you'd call it a celebration, actually, I, let's just stick with feast. Um, the reason there were so few settlers at the feast was because even though 102 people came to America on the Mayflower, about half of the settlers died from the two-month journey and their first winter. Yeah, it was a it was a difficult journey, uh, and when they arrived during winter, uh, so the uh, the men would uh, need to take like little boats to the shore uh, every day to build their permanent housing. Um, but afterwards, uh, they would need to come back to the Mayflower to sleep at night because it was actually way too cold. Speaking of the Mayflower, you wanted to talk about Mayflower Two. Yes, Mayflower Two is located at the same state pier in Pilgrim Memorial Park, uh, the same park where Plymouth Rock is located. Um, it is a uh, Plymouth, uh, sorry, Mayflower Two. <laughs> I'm just yes. gonna adventure jar. Adventure jar that. Um, <laughs> it, it's a uh, focus. <laughs> It is a full-scale reproduction of the ship from 1620. Yes, so the Mayflower 2 is a full reconstruction of the Mayflower from 1620. I'm going to be your interpreter on that one. Ah, I see. What did I say? (laughs) You just... I just... You just were everywhere. (laughs) I just think we needed to focus in. Okay. Um, But... So, you know, we have Pilgrim Memorial State Park, the smallest state park in Massachusetts, but there's so much to see. I feel like they should have given them like a little more land because it's just, you know. guess so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Ah, we're falling off the rails. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Uh, well, let's see what else here. Also, did you know that pilgrims weren't called pilgrims? Yeah, um, the name didn't appear until the 1800s. But since so many people refer to the settlers as pilgrims, it makes sense that it's used a lot around Plymouth. They even have the Pilgrim Hall Museum, where you can learn all about the, you guessed it, pilgrims. <laughs> uh, the museum opened in 1824, and it's the oldest continuous operating public museum in the country. They have a ton of artifacts from the 17th century, including some items that came over to America on the Mayflower, like William Bradford's Bible. William Bradford is kind of the big cheese of the settlers. He was the governor of Plymouth for a very long time, I think about 30 years. But we mostly know of him because he kept a journal. So a lot of information that we know about the settlers comes from his point of view. If you want to, you can visit his grave at Burial Hill in Plymouth as well. Uh, do you know what else was founded in 1824 other than the museum? The Plymouth Cordage Company. No way! Yes. 1824 was a big year yeah. for Plymouth. Mm -hmm. The Plymouth Cordage Company used to be the largest manufacturer of rope and twine in the whole wide world. They had a huge factory that was right on the water, and they specialized in ship rigging and even made rope used on the USS Constitution. Uh, they were Plymouth's largest employer for more than a hundred years. They went out of business in 1964. Uh, they, they were actually um, bought out mm, um, mm -hmm. and uh, in really good standing uh, when this happened. Uh, so I would say that's a success in a lot of ways. Um, they have a small museum that you can visit by appointment only in Cordage Park in North Plymouth. Well, um, yeah, I think that's all I have. Anything else? It is appropriate that Plymouth is called Plymouth because the settlers left England on the Mayflower from Plymouth, England. Oh, great. Um, anything else? John, you forgot about the 17th century cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake. You buried the lead too deep. It's just gone. Cheesecake, 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 oh, yes. cheesecake, okay. yes, cheesecake. Yes, I did. I did. Okay. 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 It, um, it is delicious. Uh, according to a number of people I've seen try it. Uh, it's actually a, a tawny brown color, and it's made from a pound of ricotta cheese and only a fourth of a cup of sugar and, believe it or not, rose water. It looks uh, super rustic. You know, I would like some now, please. Would you make it? Uh, th they only serve it in Plymouth Plantation. But and I, I want it now. Well... We will try and sort this out after a quick word from our sponsor. Cheesecake, cheesecake, cheesecake. Come on, Charles. Che hey, Jackie, I got you some stuffing mixed with turkey as requested. You did? Thanks so much, John. You know it's my favorite. Ugh, John, what is this made of? Stuffing. It said it on the box. John, this is cotton mixed with turkey. Oh, well, you didn't clarify. Why in the world would I need to do that? I thought you might have a hobby making stuffed animals. Well, I don't. And why would I mix cotton with turkey? Stuffed turkey is a stuffed animal. But you don't stuff a turkey with turkey. Oh. Stuffing. Before you stuff, have the right stuff. <sighs> Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is Hydrea for Heroes. 
this organization was founded in 2013, and they provide custom support services to our military veterans as they transition through civilian life. They also provide services to military widows as well. They've assisted over 700 veterans. They are based out of Plymouth and offer services to the surrounding counties. Their mission statement is to provide adaptive housing renovations, qualified home repairs, specialized mobility equipment, vehicle modifications, veteran family support, and workforce readiness programs that will alleviate challenges that make a positive difference in the lives of veterans and their families. Uh, There is a lot of things to love about Hydrea for Heroes. But the thing that I love most is that they offer custom support for veterans. Yeah, I think it's really special that they're willing to look at a really specific circumstance and try to help the best they can. Because I'm sure there's a lot of things that could come up that I, you know, maybe you wouldn't even think of. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really special that they do that. If you would like to support Hydrea for Heroes, you can donate through their website. We will include a link in the show notes. And while we are on the subject, we wanted to be sure to say thank you for your service to all members of our military. Thank you for your service. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much to our spirited producer, Charles. Thank you, Charles. And thank you so much to our listeners. We couldn't be more grateful that you take the time to listen to our show. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate us, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, tell your friends. If there's someone you know who would enjoy this podcast, please share. Uh, You can also follow us uh, on Instagram at Cozy Nook Explorers, or send us an email at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what's keeping you cozy, and we also love travel suggestions. We'll be back in two Wednesdays with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays we explore. Stay cozy. And we'll see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> <laughs>